Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Rebecca S., as in Frank, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Connecticut. Today is Monday, November 11, 2019, and this is our 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting. Today we are reading from the big book, and we are in Chapter 5, How It Works, on page 67. We will be reading and commenting on the second paragraph, which begins with referring to our list again and ends with to set these matters straight. Today's readers are Esther F., Pat M. S., Russ M., Kelly S., and Maura Z. The share ID number for yesterday, Sunday, November 10, 2019, special edition meeting is 13,643. That's one, three, six, four, three. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors, and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Esther F. to read the OA 12 steps. Good morning, Rebecca. Good morning, everybody. This is Esther F., a recover compulsive overeater from Cleveland, Ohio. The 12 steps. Number one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. We're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, thought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, 
Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me do service and see everybody on Friday. Thank you, Esther F. I will now ask Pat M. S. to read the OA 12 Traditions. Good morning, uh, family. I'm Pat. Number one, our common welfare should come first. Excuse me. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relation policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for allowing me to be a service family. Thank you, Pat MS. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we're discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book in chapter five, how it works on page 67. We will be reading and commenting on the second paragraph, which begins with referring to our list again and ends with to set these matters straight. I will now ask Russ M. 
to go ahead and read that for us. Good morning, Rebecca. Good morning, family. Russ M. Recovered Compulsive Reader outside of Philly. Referring to our list again, putting out of our minds the wrongs others had done, we resolutely looked for our own mistakes. Where had we been selfish, dishonest, self-seeking, and frightened? Though a situation had not been entirely our fault, we tried to disregard the other person involved entirely. Where were we to blame? The inventory was ours, not the other man's. When we saw our faults, we listed them. We placed them before us in black and white. We admitted our wrongs honestly and were willing to set these matters straight. So, you know, we're, ha- we're hammering this inventory process. And, um, you know, it, the, the key is... It, it, with God's help, we can only tra- change ourselves. And by doing this, being honest and thorough and and not making excuses, just play, placing it down there on that inventory sheet, it shows us where we're, we, you know, what part we really had in it. You know, when you look back on your life, when I look back on my life, it looks like, you know, I I had the roughest life. It was this one did me wrong, that one did me wrong. But when you write it down like this, you realize I, ha- I had a major part in a lot of these things. And I set, you know, improper relations up by compromising myself in other ways. You understand what I'm saying? Like, it's, I, you know, I set the groundwork for a lot of this, uh, for these relationships to go wrong and for people to retaliate. And it took me until I was in program, until I actually did this, for like the second time, you know, the, the, the steps. Initially, first, yes, I got through the steps. I stayed absent. But I had this, this air of, well, you know, my mother, uh, I resent my mother or, you know, this and that because she did this to me. Like, because she had a part. No. Next couple times around in the, in, in the steps, I, w- I realized what the point was. is just to get it out. And it's not accusatory. It's about the facts and that nobody's perfect. I had a part in it. Whoever else had a part in it. But really, it probably was, you know, 98% my fault. You know, you, know you, can't, you can't poke a bear and expect them not to retaliate. So it, it's key. But once we're done this inventory process, we got a starting point. We know where we need work. And that's that's... That was great for me. That I was able to see what I need to truly improve. And it's an objective look. This is not, I'm not beating myself up. But I'm looking at where I can improve. And we try to set these matters straight. And that's, (laughs) I just hope I have enough time. The good Lord gives me enough time to be able to set the matters straight. So, you all have a great day. Love you. I can't wait to see everybody. Thanks, Russ If you haven't shared on this meeting in the past couple of days and would like to share on the second paragraph on page 67 in the big book, please press star 1 to unmute and state your first name and last initial. Harlan G. Carolyn Sam. Carolyn, did I hear a Carolyn? Yes. And you're Elise N. 
Elise I'm and still on Carolyn. You guys, I'm still on Carolyn. What's your first initial, Carolyn? It's C it's M D. M D. Okay. Who was after Carolyn? Sandra Elise H. N. Was it Elise? Nancy T. Elise okay. N. Elise. I got Elise M. I heard Nancy T, but there was someone in between. Santa H. Stacy J. Uh, I didn't catch that one at all after Stacy J. Was it a Stacy? That's right, Stacy J. Okay. Okay, we have one, two, Devora three. Devorah S. I'll throw you on there, Devorah, but I'm going to stop there. So here's who I have. Harlan G, Carolyn M.D., Elise M., Santa H., Nancy T., Stacy J., and Devorah S. And I know there were some other names, and they just went in and out. And I'm sorry I missed you. Maybe next time around. Harlan G., please go ahead. Thank you, Rebecca, and thank you to Team Monday for making this magnificent meeting possible. I can't wait to see everybody in Newark. Uh, Before I begin about this paragraph, I just want to remind everybody that today is a pivotal day in the history of AA. Today is Veterans Day as we know it, but it was Armistice Day, and as Armistice Day, this is when Bill began his last debauch. This is when Bill began his last drunk, as it were, um, in 1934. Referring to our list again, putting out of our minds the wrongs others had done. And because they have putting out of our minds the wrongs others had done, this is a fourth step instruction, and many people carry this instruction into the fifth step, and they don't listen to the second column uh, when they're doing the fifth step, and that is that is not correct. This refer, this putting out of our minds the wrongs others had done is a fourth step instruction, not a fifth step instruction. We resolutely look for our own mistakes, and this is the only time that I ever did that. And these resentments had been going on in my head for decades, and you know I don't have fidelity. Every single time I replayed that resentment in my mind, I made your part more dastardly, your part more horrid, and my part more innocent. And as I may have lied to you, as I may have written you a bad check, as I may have harmed you, my part became more and more the driven snow, more and more innocent as a baby, And your part became horrible until I was standing there in my mind. I was standing there doing nothing, and you came along, and you did me dirt. And the truth of it is there's three sides to every story, right? There's your side, there's my side, and then there's what really happened. I need to get honest with what I did. I need to get honest with what happened. I need to get honest. And, yes, I hear good. I hear what some of us are thinking. There are people on this line today that horrible things happened to them that they had nothing to do with. Maybe some of us were raped. Maybe some of us were molested. Maybe some of us were physically abused. Maybe some of us were abandoned. Maybe some of us, and I'm sure there is, horrible things happened to us in which we had no part. Okay, put it down. DNA does not apply and move on. But at some point, I have to face my part 
in the rest of these resentments, and there shouldn't be too many of these other ones that I talked about. There shouldn't be. But I have to face my part and look at where I had been selfish, dishonest, self-seeking, and frightened. And those are the defects of character. And the perfectionism and the other stuff Mm. are the children of these things. So this is where I get honest with myself about myself. And when I start to see this in resentment after resentment after resentment after resentment, I start now to uncover, discover, and discard. And I start to see the patterns of behavior that have been ruling my life. And this is something that is revealing to me about who I am. And with that, I will pass. Thank you very much. Thanks, Harlan. Okay, Carolyn M.D., your turn. Hi, this is Carolyn from California. And um, thank you so much, Rebecca, for calling on me. Um, yeah, I've I've been listening for some months now, but this is the first time I've shared. And I guess I just couldn't not speak about this particular paragraph, which seems like the most important thing in my own recovery, because um, I think I spent most of my life um, sure that um, I was right and everybody else was doing me um, wrong. Um, I learned as a very young child to um, uh, ignore anything that was my supposed fault and to uh, point out to everybody else all the things um, that they did that they shouldn't be doing. So uh, when it says, uh, where had we been selfish, dishonest, self-seeking, and frightened, that's how I spent my childhood being selfish, dishonest, self-seeking, and frightened. And I think the most liberating thing for me is to have started to work the steps some years ago and to have found the courage to uh, be in a conversation with somebody and recognize uh, what I was doing and own it in the moment, uh, which I know is more of a 10-step thing, but um, it's, it's a very powerful experience. Um, to stop fighting with somebody, to stop um, needing to um, have my position and be right all the time and be willing to look at the world um, in the same direction that the other person is looking at it in. Um, I don't have any enemies anymore. Uh, And when um, I hear people that say or do things that I disagree with, the only reason that they trigger me is because those are some of my own issues. And so I can I can take a look at that, and I can thank them, and um, it, it's been very liberating. So thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Carolyn M. D. Glad you shared. Elise M. Elise. Hi, this is Elise N. Um, one second. Um, I, um, I was excited to hear this because I'm just starting on another step four. And, um, you know, and it says, you know, in the big book, and I don't know the exact, you know, quote, but that a business that doesn't look at its stock and trade and take inventory is bound to fail. And, um, you know, I've done four steps before and I've been doing a nightly 10 step. And yet, and I didn't, and I thought I'm not going to find too much. I'm going to just, I'm not going to have too many, too many things because I've been doing this. Um, And 
lo and behold, you know, I have quite a few things that are are lingering. And, um, you know, my daughter just had a broken engagement and I didn't like, you know, what the person said about her. I felt, you know, it wasn't, didn't, it wasn't about really about her, but I'm saying I did not like something that was said and I felt like it, you know, it really isn't true. Um, you know, it really isn't how they feel. And, um, anyway, just, I don't like it. I didn't like it. And it didn't go the way I wanted. Um, and yesterday was supposed to be, you know, the wedding day. Um, and she's okay. Thank God. She went out with her friends and they had an, I'm not getting married party. And, um, believe it or not, you're, you're going to laugh. They went to Manhattan and, and they ha- they have somewhere in Manhattan where they throw axes, axes like at, I don't know, at some target. So didn't have any pictures on it, but I was really kind of amused. These four religious girls or whatever, throwing axes. And then they went out to, they went to a game cafe, a little tamer entertainment. Um, but I just, you know, I'm grateful that, you know, I can wake up, I wake up in the morning and, you know, I'm about 74 pounds lighter than I was last year. I went to the convention. I met, I met Harlan G and I said, I said, how can you get abstinent if you haven't worked the steps? I thought you have to work all the steps to be abstinent. And you said, you ever been on a diet for, for a few days? Get, just stay clean for a few days and then, and then go through the steps. And that's what I did. And look, and right now I'm, you know, it's for anybody out there who's having trouble just work with somebody even when you're getting those few days clean you know do some assignments anyway but not just not reading of the big book and you know you get those days clean and then you go through the steps and you have that spiritual awakening that will keep you you know keep you away from that food and that's that's really for me keep me away from the food and then get me closer to my higher power and um just grateful my sponsor i think is on the line and She's pretty terrific, and I'm going to meet her for the first time at the convention, and we're going to do, we're going to go through my step four. So, thanks a lot. Thank thanks you, for being here. Santa H. Thank you, Rebecca. I didn't even know if you heard me or not. Thank you for calling on me. And good morning, my fellows, and special thank you to Team Monday. Um, my name is Santa H. I'm a grateful recovered compulsive overeater from New Jersey. And this here paragraph is holds the key to my future. This par this um fourth column is where I get to get the opportunity to see the common threads that run through all of my um character defects in that column, selfish self seeking um, dishonesty and, and frighten. And what I love about this is it gives me the power, it allows me to put the power back in my hands because I can't change anyone else, but I certainly can change myself. And it is so wonderful. I had an opportunity. I have a, a protege yesterday. She went through steps three through eight in one day. And it was amazing to watch her shift her thinking in that fourth column 
And the opportunity to experience that was such an awesome gift to witness that from my higher power. And I'm just so grateful for that opportunity because in that column there is where I get to change. It's where I get to take my power back. It's where I get to be responsible and own up to what I've done wrong and how I can make it right after I see the manifestations of my behavior while I was in the disease. Just a wonderful process, and I hope everyone on the line will go forward, not be fearful, and do this do this work, especially step four, and see the manifestation of the changes that can occur in your life by doing that fourth column. And thank you all, and thank you for allowing me to share it with that guy. With that, I pass. Thank you, Santa H. Nancy T. Good morning, Rebecca. Thank you. Good morning, visionaries. Nancy T., recovered compulsive reader in Lewiston, Idaho. <clears throat> this was really critical for me in working the steps. It was the first time that I really looked at what was my part in this. I was one of those that always believed. I mean, I lived in the state of if everybody else would get their stuff together, my life would be great. And I really believed that. I remember sitting in one of my many counselors' offices you know, trying to get them to fix me, you know, and I, she was trying to get me to see kind of this type of thing. And I remember I dumbfoundedly looked at her and said, you mean I'm the one that has to change? I thought she was going to fall out of her chair. I laugh about this now, but I really believed that it was everybody else that had caused my life to be such a train wreck. And so here I am in this paragraph. It's telling me to look at my part. And I'm like, okay. So, and then the very last line, I have to be honest and I have to be willing. Willing what? Willing to set these matters straight. So I have to be willing to um, do the process to set these matters straight. And this is one of the beginning parts of that process is by looking at where was I at fault? You know, where had I been selfish, self-seeking, dishonest, and afraid? Um, and, you know, I couldn't, I didn't get to look at what the other person did to me anymore. And I always had a place where I was selfish. You know, they're not following my script. You know, I have, um, where's my dishonesty? Sometimes I had one sponsor one time that told me one form of dishonesty is unreasonable expectations. And that really opened up to see different ways that I was dishonest. It's not just talking about cash register dishonesty here. Um, but it says, um, you know, it's my inventory, not the other person's. And so I listed them. I put it before us in black and white. Well, what happened when I wrote them down? I started to see patterns. I started to see in every situation um, people didn't follow my script. They didn't follow my script. They didn't follow my script. I'm like, oh, wow, I really expect people to follow my script. You know, I want to be the director of the show here. And the fears, we're going to start talking about fears tomorrow, but there was always fears, fear of what other people are going to think of me, fear I'm not going to get something I think I need, fear I'm going to lose something I have. You know, there's always fear underlying all of it. So this was really the start of the freedom you know, the art of seeing, I first had to admit that I had a part in this and what was it. And um, I just, I just, I love this process. I respect this process. It's not easy, but, but it works. So with that, I'll pass and thank you for um, the opportunity to share. Thanks, Nancy T. 
Before you go, Stacey J., I'll just let anybody who got on late know that we're on page 67, the second paragraph that begins referring to our list again. Go ahead, Stacey J. Thank you. Uh, this is Stacey J., a food addict from Toronto. Um, this is the first time I'm sharing on the 7 a.m. meeting, and uh, I want to first say thank you to every single person on this line because I feel like now with 56 days of abstinence after years of relapse, I feel like listening to everyone on this line and on the 10 a.m. line, it's like it's like standing on the shoulders of giants to be here, and I'm so grateful. Thank you. Um, this paragraph is very resonant because I I did my fourth step um, like a week and a half, two weeks ago, and and I'm now in, in a step nine amends process. And you know, uh, like I I have written. My parents passed away 20 and 30 years ago, respectively, my mom and dad. And I've written letters to them, uh, sort of in a therapeutic process, outlining the things they did to me. And I never outlined, I never listed what I did. In, it, just in being their kid, you know, when was I dishonest to them? I, I never, <laughs> when was I cruel? When, when was I inconsiderate? Uh, you know, I never listed those things in those letters when I vented all the things I was carrying around with them. And just like it says on the previous page, you know, to conclude that others were wrong was as far as most of us ever got. And the outcome was that I continued to stay sore at them and nothing really changed. Uh, but this time my sponsor encouraged me to um, um, more, later on to, to uh, write letters or not write letters, but to write, write letters to each of them outlining what I had done and read that, read them to my sponsor. And it was an emotional process. Um, and the truth is outlining my part has lifted an enormous weight off of my heart and uh, that never was lifted before. And I, it's kind of, it doesn't make logical sense that telling them that I was not the best kid all the time and then sharing that with my sponsor would alleviate so much, but it does. Um, <clears throat> so I, I wanted to share that just the, it's a strange logical process. It doesn't make rational sense that these things will work, but the people on the line know because they have freedom from food and freedom from the obsession and peaceful hearts that it does work. And now I'm finally doing what you have all suggested and it is working. So I want to express my gratitude to everyone here. Thank you. I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Stacey J. from Toronto. Devorah S. Hi, good morning. Thank you, Rebecca, and thank you, everyone on this line that makes this meeting possible. My name is Devora S., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from New Jersey. And, you know, being in program uh, 20 years, I, there were so many different ways that I worked this paragraph. And, uh, no, honestly, I have to say, you know, over the years, I never really, I never worked the paragraph because I was told various ways of, work, of doing a fourth step, and it was never done, you know, you know, with this chapter, with this going into the book, um, read this, read that, write, in, write a um, an autobiography. These are different ways that I was told to do a fourth step. Anyway, I don't want to. It doesn't matter. Um, just to just to you know, just to read this paragraph and to and to do it this this way was a new thing for me because I too 
you know, like others said, you know, I too, if only, I lived in the, if only, if everyone else would do what I wanted, then my life would be perfect, right? Everything would just be fine. I was pointing the finger, if only you, if only you. And I didn't point the finger back to me how I got the ball rolling. And I did get the ball rolling in so many different, as I saw, as I started doing this work, I saw that I was the undercurring current over here. I was the wave that made a that made a, uh, a, a a flood that I got things going, and um, so you know. And the more I do this work, the more I see. I could see, you know, when things come up, you know, right away. I could see that I'm how I am getting this going because I want people to change and I want people to to do what I want them to do. And so I, I have to nip this in the bud and I have to take care of it because. The truth of the matter is, you know, like we hear on this line, you know, how free do I want to be? Do I want to carry this around with me? So, yes, I do a fourth step, but it continues with me throughout the day. Every day I have to see what what's going on when something happens. And, um, you know, and I have to say in those days of doing a fourth step, it was like I did it one time and it was done. You know, I'm never finished with this program. This is This is done with me, you know, constantly and as we see as we go through these you know as we go through the steps we do this on a daily basis um we're never done with this um and really really grateful that it was taught to me how um where i am selfish dishonest self-seeking and fearful i I never knew i didn't know how i was so selfish i didn't understand that um, until i heard here in these rooms um, what is it to be selfish? What was it for me to be dishonest? The lies I told myself, you know, the fear of what other people are going to think, the fear of not getting what I want, losing control. Um, so, you know, all these things um, were just so eye-opening and revealing to me, and they continue to be. You know, as things pop up, you know, I get a new awareness. Um, and, um, and, I, and, you know, it brings me to the truth, and what's the truth Fine. here? Uh, okay, so I just want to say the truth is that, you know, God has my back and, and, is, and knows what's best for me, and, um, and I can't change anyone, and with that, I'll pass. See you all Friday. Thank you. Thanks, Devora S. Okay, it's time to take more names of people who haven't shared in the past couple of days and want to share on the second paragraph on page 67. Vasa O. Oh. Okay, I heard Vasa O, and was there someone? Anita B. Lisa J.R. Lisa J.R. Anita B. I heard Anita B. And someone else? Christina J. Was it Maura L? If your last initial is an L, could you hold off a minute? Someone else? Lauren and... Oh, maybe it's Lauren N. Oh, no wonder you kept <laughs> kept going. Okay, try another name if you don't mind. Kelly, Devora L. I heard. Devora L. Yes. Oh, there was an L. See. Okay, there might be room for one more. I'm not sure. Do you want to take a chance and give your name and be like on the backup? Christina J. Christina J., thanks for stepping up here, Christina. And if we don't get to you, I apologize. Vasa O., Lisa J. R., Anita B., Lauren N., Kelly, probably S., Laura, uh, Devora L., 
and Christina J. if there's time. Go ahead, Vasa O. Can you hear me, Rebecca? Yes, good morning, Thank Vasa. you. Thank you. Thank you for your service, Rebecca and Vasa. Grateful, grateful, recovered compulsive Vita calling from Florida now. And this is a good paragraph, but before I came, you know, I came to this paragraph um, on page 61, that's where I was. If only people would do as he wished, as I wished them to do, the show would be great. Everybody, including himself, would be pleased. Life would be wonderful in trying to make this arrangements that actor may sometimes be, co- be quite virtue. He may be kind, considerate, patient, generous, even modest and self-sacrifice. And this is what I was, I was but the, this is where I was um, focusing, but it's a later pattern. Uh, on the other hand, he may be mean, egotistic, selfish, and dishonest, but as with most humans, he is more likely to have virtuous traits and I thought I was wonderful. If only people did what I wanted to, for them to, what I want them to do, then my life would be wonderful. If my parents listened to me, they let me do what I wanted to do, it would be wonderful. If my husband listened to me, if the kids would listen to me, life would be just wonderful. But then the last paragraph, but as we most humans, he's more likely to have various traits. And I remember saying, well, yeah, my parents were human beings, and I'm a human being, so I had very different kind of traits. So uh, I did, yeah, I, I had no clue. I really had no clue when I came to this program. I didn't even know I was a food addict, you know, and I didn't know anything about the allergy. It was, I mean, it was such experience and transformation for me to go through the steps and and doing all the work, taking the action, and of course I had to put the food down and and to go like sober and clear and being abstinent. And it was painful, but it was really was less painful because I had a higher power in my life and I had sponsors and I had a people to guide me through the process. And I did this process and I did not die. And uh, so I had, at at the beginning, it was good for me to go through the resentment and the causes and the facts. It it helped me put the anger there. Well, yeah, I'm angry at this person because this is what they did. But the turnaround when it came was such a revelation for me. You know, the turnaround, what did I do? You, You know, took, oh, that's my time. But anyways, once I started getting better, everybody around me was getting better. My, my mother had passed on. My father was getting better. My children, it was me. I needed to do the work. I needed to get better within myself. Thank you for letting me share that fast. Thanks, Fasa O in Florida. Lisa J.R. Good morning, everybody. Lisa J.R. from Baltimore, Maryland. So grateful to be here. Grateful to be reading this paragraph because it was quite meaningful to me um, in the beginning of my recovery. Um, Because this paragraph is a grandiosity killer. That fourth column is a grandiosity killer for me. And I needed uh, to be um, humbled uh, when I came in here. 
because I could nail the first and second column. I skimmed over the third column, but this fourth column, you know, God didn't make a mistake when he brought me to my uh, sponsor because she had me do my fifth or fourth column with her. And she had me, uh, gave me a sheet of, of paper with uh, selfish, self-seeking, dishonest, and fearful. And it had examples because not only do I have a built-in forgetter about what food does to me, I have a built-in forgetter about my role in everything. Even when I was a victim, um, you know, I had a part because I kept the ball rolling. I took the hammer out of, uh, you know, the other person's hand and beat myself with it and beat others with it. So I learned that the ground is level at God's feet here. Um, I'm no better than anyone in this program. I'm no better than um, anyone in my um, inner circle, my family, uh, the people that irritate me. I'm learning so much. And it wasn't until I did this work that I could see that there were these strong patterns. I, I put little check marks. She read through each one with me as I, as I gave her my fifth uh, my step. And she had me check, make little check marks by all these examples. And I could see common threads. I still have that original list today i could see uh common threads these places i would default to i would get you know um grandiose i would want things my way i'd be selfish i'd be dishonest i would have false expectations of others and catastrophize etc cetera, etc cetera. but i do these frequently with certain people so it helped me to dig deeper and it helped take me to therapy, frankly, because I realized I had a deep-seated rage issue. And so I'm so grateful to this program because not only has it saved my life, it saved my personal relationships, it healed a lot of broken relationships, and it's also, um, you know, helped heal my marriage. And I'm so grateful. Can't wait to meet all of you. Love you. Have a good day. Thanks, Lisa J.R. in Maryland. Anita B. Good morning. Thank you, and thanks for your service. Um, So I've done the fourth step many times, and many times I never did the fourth part, what my part was. Um, But I have been able to practice that the last maybe four times that I've gone through the fourth step. And I have to say that... um, it's kind of like the saying, you can't love anyone else till you love yourself. Well, I couldn't see how sick I was. I couldn't see how sick others were until I saw how sick I was. And that is what's helping me see my part in doing the steps this time. I have just gone through a fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth step, and I'm now on my ninth step. And, uh, you know, I still even find out more in that ninth step when I'm, you know, thinking about my apology and what my part was. So uh, for me, this has been a process, a real uh, learning experience, and it took me a while. And that's just my journey. My journey, God, you know, I always say so gentle with me. He gives me a little bit at a time, just what I can handle. And, um, you know, this last one has brought a lot to light for me. um, And I share the same as so many uh, before me who have shared this morning, you know, about being this controlling, manipulative, 
selfish person. And until I can see all that, you know, I'm not going to be able to recover and I'm not going to be able to have this design for living um, and live with other people in my life because, you know, I disappoint people, which I figured out in my fourth step, and they're going to disappoint me. It doesn't mean it's the end all. So I'm just grateful today. Um, not sure if any of that made sense, but for me that's how it seems right now, and I am extremely excited about being there Friday. Uh, this will be my first one, and I just can't wait. Thanks for letting me share, and thanks for all your service. Thank you, Anita B. Lauren H. You mean Lauren N.? Oh, yeah, it says Lauren N. I don't know why I said H. Sorry about that. I'm glad you spoke up. Good morning, Rebecca. Thank you very much for hearing my voice. Thank you very much, everyone, for being on this call. I'm so grateful for all I've learned and how this has changed my life. I no longer see life the way or... I no longer think that life should be the way I think it should be. I mean, obviously I fall into being human and and occasionally things crop up on me, but I am so grateful that I got to see the pattern that I was causing in my life, all this anguish and all this sadness and desperation I was causing it. I caused my, I thought everybody else was at fault. I thought that, you know, they didn't love me enough. I thought that I was, I was just defective to the bone. But, oh, my God, I, that is just a lie that I was telling myself. It's just a lie that I over and over again told myself. Thank you all for teaching me how to be live in today and to live in the sunlight of the spirit because I am no longer required to beat myself up. I'm able to be of service to others and to give love and to be loved. And that's just an incredible way of being today. And with that, I'll pass. And I can't wait to see you all on Friday. Thanks, Lauren and Kelly S. Good morning, guys. It's Kelly S., Recovered Compulsive Overeater and Blamic in Oklahoma. Thanks for your service, Rebecca. So um, here we are in the fourth column. So I want to tell you guys, in all the time I've been around these rooms, um, well, OA, I uh, never saw this fourth column because I didn't study the big book. And when everybody started talking about it, I'm like, what fourth column? I- I'm looking at the picture on 65. There's no fourth column. And, you know, you hear people say, that's where the change starts. I'm like, there's no fourth column. Of course, you got to read the book and follow the instructions to figure that out, you know. Um, I just want somebody to draw me a picture. Just wanted to put that out there. Also, so this is where the change starts, and this is the hard part. And where, where have I been selfish, dishonest, self-seeking, and frightened? Those common threads, most everybody that shared has already touched on them. Um, and even like, you know, growing up in a, an alcoholic abusive home or having uh, been sexually abused or 
any of those things, you know, my, where was my mistake here was I nurtured those things, you know, um, my common threads in life are um, no fair and why me? You know, that's my thing. No fair, no fair, why me? And then also Nancy Pete uh, talked on this. Mine always, always, always comes down to people in life are not following my script. It happened years, I mean, in my childhood. That was not my childhood. I didn't, you know, if I wrote the play, it would not have been that. And today um, with my relationship, you know, my spouse, my kids, Nobody ever seems to get the part right. That's always what it comes down to. And, and it's so hard to look at that, you know. And but I know that that's where I can change. You know, if I'm the problem, then I can find the solution, which is my higher power in these steps. And, you know, it always, to me, it's like, you know, so when I did this four-step originally, you know, I had to really look at that because I, I nurtured that as much as, I, you know, the dishonesty was I used my childhood to blame everything. It was the reason... I was an addict. It was the reason I did all the things I did. My mom was an alcoholic. My dad was a rageaholic. It was awful. And I used that. So I had to see that. I had to see that that was my mistake there is, you know, yeah, I was a victim. I was a child, but I was using that today. And then just I use this stuff, as we know, in our nightly review and in my day-to-day tent step. I have to see this stuff in my relationships every single day. And it takes a lot of humility and a lot of self-honesty, and I know that I have to do this with people and a sponsor because sometimes I'm so blocked even today. You know, stuff like this happen, happens all the time in my relationship and my spouse, and, you know, she pisses me off all the time, and uh, I loved all the shares last Friday about that, and I had to see, you know, what did I do here? Where did I get the ball rolling? Because my first thing is, um, you know, excuse my language, she's a bitch. Why is she treating me this way? I'm trying to work my program. And I have to stop and pray and see where am I being selfish, dishonest, self-seeking, and frightened, and most of all, where did I get the ball rolling? So with that, I'm going to pass, and I can't wait to see you guys. I'm working registration three to six Fridays, so come check in and say hi to me. Bye. Thanks, Kelly. Yes. Devorah L. Thank you. Hi, this is Devorah L. from Maryland. Grateful to be part of this program and a recovering compulsive overeater. This fourth step, uh, as everyone has said, has truly saved my life, literally. Looking at my part, the pattern of my character defects, namely for me, the fear, the people-pleasing, controlling, and which led me to really believe that it's truly a disease of the mind. Because all these defects led me and the ego to seek relief from them. And therefore, I went into the food and I could have gone into anything else and seeing the truth. And the reason why I just absolutely love this program and it's a true spiritual program is because of this inventory process. And I have the privilege now of doing this fourth step, doing this 10th step daily, which is really a daily fourth step of keeping my whole psyche, body, mind, soul clean so I can be a channel where God can flow through me. And the reason why I just love the fact that this is a spiritual program is because it applies to every single aspect of my life. And if it wasn't for all of you who helped guide me through this program, through the steps, and to hang in there through a torturous, abusive marriage, that only as a result of this inventory process, I was able to get out of last year. And there are many of you that I'm so looking forward to meeting on Friday who literally saved my life walking through this process. My sponsor, 
other recovered fellows to see the truth. And in many cases, in my case, the truth was I was my own past and slave driver. I picked an abusive partner not knowing certain things, but it all stemmed from these character defects. These character defects for me showed me that they are the ones, me, myself and I, I lead to my own downfall. I create my own mess. And as the big book says, it's selfishness, self-centeredness at the root, at the root of my problems. It's that ego. And I see that as the food is down, the ego can keep increasing unless I stay spiritually fit. So I love everything about this program and the big book because I'm just so blessed to have a roadmap that shows me how to stay conscious of God. God was always there, but I wasn't conscious of God. The fourth step was a dramatic resuscitation bringing me back to the world, to learning who I am. I have no idea what God has in store for me. But all I know is since I've been abstinent and have gone through the spiritual awakening, I'm just beginning to learn how to live. And it begins with the inventory, and I believe it will always end with the inventory because I have to do it daily because I want to stay clean and I want to grow. And only when I'm willing to see my part and only my part um, can I grow. And I've been humbled enough through my destructive past uh, to be willing to do that because I just want to be free. And I love all of you and I thank you for walking me through the liberation of a horrifically abusive marriage where I just am so happy to be free. Thank you all. And I pass. Rebecca, star one to unmute. Oh, dear. <laughs> Thank mm-hmm. you, Leah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Lucky you've got my back. Uh, I want to thank Devorah L. again, since you didn't hear me, and Christina J. You have a couple of minutes. I'm sorry about that. Oh, great. Thank you. <clears throat> thank you for your service and everybody on the line. And all I can say is every time finished, someone finished. Ditto, 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 ditto. Um, what can I add? Well, my own journey was putting the food down and beginning the steps. And I didn't start the true emotional, uh, spiritual healing until I got to this fourth step and began to list down all the things that were driving me absolutely insane and signed by head and my spirit, uh, not knowing why I had to keep working so hard in life to get everybody to do like I wanted them to do. Um, and why they weren't doing it, I just, I must have not been doing it right. There was no roadmap for what I was doing, and I just kept thinking, what am I doing wrong? i got to do it better. i got to do it harder. So when I got to this fourth step and I did those first columns, the real healing started for me in the sick man's prayer. As I said, the sick man's prayer for each person, my heart opened like a flower. And then when I got to the fourth column, I began to get ashamed as I looked at my selfishness, self-centeredness, dishonesty, and fear. I had this horrible shame. But then when I saw the patterns of what was driving me all of my life, the fact that I just wanted to be accepted and loved, and I had this huge underlying fear that was driving all this selfishness that, why weren't you doing it my way? I want it done my way. Uh, I was dishonest in the fact that um, 
I couldn't accept the way things were. I, I, I wanted to change them. I wanted to, you know, why weren't they going my way? And uh, the resentment, of course, that's just the evil thread along these others. And um, the fear. The fear really was the underlying force of all these things. So if you're just coming in <clears throat> and you got the food down and you're working, but you're still irritable, restless, and discontent, press harder into program and get to this fourth step, and you'll begin to find the emotional, spiritual healing that this book talks about, the twofold disease. Um, it's a beautiful miracle, this program. And also, as you go through this fourth, make sure that you plan to stay uh, in 10, 11, and 12, because that's where I get to clean up the most minute little irritations. Thank you so much. God bless everyone, and I pass. Thank you, Christina J. And, of course, Christina was our last sharer for this first hour of study. Okay. Um, thank you, everyone, for your participation in this meeting and for the opportunity to be of service. The share ID number for this meeting, Monday, November 11, 2019, 7 a.m. Eastern Time, is 13,644. That's 13644. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Kelly S. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only to the end of the page. Hello, guys. It's Kelly S. again. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. 